0: Hi I'm Mara Webster with In Creative Company and today we're joined by the wonderful Daniela Nieves to talk all about her series Vampire Academy and in in kind of going back to when you were first cast for this role and how you first saw this character I think you you hadn't read the books previously prior to going into the audition um, and it sounds like the moment that you were cast that was something that you immediately dove into but I also love the detail that you haven't read the last one to kind of leave a little bit of an open-ended element for your character but in exploring the books and diving into that and also having the scripts at that point how did that really help you in terms of fleshing out not just the way that you saw your character in the story but how the world around her influenced some of the choices that you wanted to make for her as a character early on
1: yeah definitely um I mean reading the books was a great insight into who Lissa is but It also was just a piece of the puzzle still, because obviously, I mean, Julie and Marguerite, the showrunners, had their own ideas for the story, and we didn't even have the first script when we signed on to it. So there was a lot of things kind of up in the air we weren't really sure about. Um, I did feel like I understood the essence of who Lissa was, and that she was this girl that lived with privilege and... It didn't make her like you know an entitled or bad person by any means. She was still very compassionate and had these natural leadership qualities, but she didn't see them in herself. And I I, I could relate to that um, part of herself that maybe had those insecurities. But from the books, really all you see is is Rose's point of view, her best friend's point of view, and it's all told from her perspective. But she does say a lot about her best friend, you know, with how people see her, how do people act around her, um, the way that people could be convinced to pretty much do anything if Lissa is the one who tells you, because she just has a way of explaining things or convincing you in a way that's like not patronizing and very compassionate. So um, reading the books was a great insight into that, into thinking about the physicality of of what Lissa was going to look like when she walked into a room or how she would speak to people and and how it would influence the way people treat her.
0: And you're mentioning there the physicality of the character, you know, which I love as well because there's also different elements in terms of how she holds herself when she's hanging out with her best friend that's very different to when she's holding court with the queen and and having a lot of conversations and has been named as a successor so there's these very different dynamics to the physicality of the character and so what was your your journey of really finding what that looked like was that something you found for yourself in pre-production or did you find it more on set
1: um I think definitely on set I find that you really find everything because a lot of times you know, what you imagine the scene or the set or the everything to be in your head is not the way it is on the day. So I try to kind of be as detached to it as possible, just because I want to be able to adjust as much as I can or need to. Um, But yeah, there was this element of like, okay, so she's this princess, but she's not used to having to attend all of these, you know, royal events that are a tradition for people who are heads of family and part of the royal court or that are going to be in you know running for some like candidacy of some sort so there was an element of she she's always been royal but at the same time I wanted it to kind of for you to be able to tell that this almost feels uncomfortable for her to be in this dress and to have to like walk in this room and 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 feel all these eyes on her as she like grabs this drink even though she doesn't even really want to do that or doesn't really care to be there um so yeah and then and then also the physicality of a lot of times we would be on set and and these gowns I mean they would be digging into my ribs or they would be so uncomfortable with these heels and um you know there were times where uh wardrobe would be like oh do you want us to like you know, change your shoes for this part or change, you know, this part of the dress for this scene where you're running away from this vampire. And there were times where I'm not going to lie. I was like, yes, please. <laughs> there, it's so bad. But there were other times where I was like, no, like maybe that's kind of important. Like that's what she's going through. She, you know, she, that adds to her frustration of like having to run away. Like, this is so ridiculous. I'm wearing these dresses or I'm wearing these heels in this, like, antiquated tradition that someone decided we have to do just because we're royal you know um so all of these details um go into who lissa is ultimately
0: And you mentioned before, Julie and Marguerite, the the showrunners of the series, and especially in hearing you talk about not having the scripts in advance, you know, usually you get at least a few of them, even if you don't have the whole season. How did they really help to to guide the vision of who Lissa was going to be in terms of you finding this character and finding your performance when you first went into that that beginning episode? And how much did you want to know about where her arc was going to go versus leaving it for discovery alongside her as a character?
1: Yeah, yeah. I mean, the good thing is that Julie and Marguerite from the beginning, like even from the chemistry reads, they are so open and so like warm and um, like just make you feel really comfortable to ask anything. I mean, when I did the chemistry read, I still did not even realize that they were books. And I was asking them like basic questions that I probably should have known and done my research before the chemistry reads. I mean, not the chemistry read, the callback, but you know, they were so like nice about it and not patronizing at all and answered every single question. So I think their main um, perspective was that this is a story about these two best friends and, you know, the the things about Lissa that she's going to discover about herself and her leadership and her privilege and how she's going to, you know, use that privilege and that power that she has in this world right now to make a difference, all of those things. But, this story is about this friendship and how when you guys come together, everything's better. You guys can achieve this thing if you guys come together and the love that you guys have for each other transcends anything else that you may be facing. Um, And so I think keeping that in mind was very helpful for me. And I tried not to ask too many questions, especially because whenever we did, honestly, the answer was like, it's probably gonna change. <laughs> like we never really knew where the story was going ultimately. Like we would get the scripts and be like in the group chat, like, did you guys read nine and ten? Oh my god, like I didn't think this was gonna happen, you know, whatever it was. And um, so I think we were all as actors and you know, showrunners too, we were all in this collaborative boat. We were all just trying to collaborate and make this story together and we all really cared about it and cared about making it come to life in the best way possible.
0: And it's so so lovely in the way the story is told, as you said, that the central core really is this female friendship between Lyssa and Rose. And they're obviously fully formed with their own identities and they have a lot of traits that are very different to one another but there are kind of cross connections they really are family to each other they are sisters to each other in the way that they've grown up side by side and so for you what did you feel like some of the traits were or some of the aspects of rose were that you really wanted to also carry forth a little bit in lissa and that would be a part of her because of that friendship
1: yeah definitely i mean there is an episode i mean i'm not gonna spoil it but there's an episode where um, they might leave the, you know, they might visit the human world. And, um, Rose and Lyssa, the whole plan from the beginning that's told is that we're going to graduate and we're going to go off to the human world. We're going to see art and we're going to see the world and we're going to, you know, so I think they're, they're deaf. I mean, Lissa is so, you know, kind of organized and and wide-eyed and all these things but she's best friends with Rose like like you said you know it's a great point like she is this spunky girl that's like rebellious and all this stuff and funny and and spicy and so I think the element of Rose that I felt like had to be a little bit in Lissa was almost like that rebellion which is that same rebellion that makes her think no you know what I need to make a difference I need to like step up to this um place in 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 the royal court and and make changes here and it's also the rebellion that makes her want to leave the dominion and not follow in her family's footsteps and um explore the world even though everyone says that's so dangerous and crazy you know and um they she has an episode where she wears this outfit um in the human world that's I personally thought was nothing like Lissa. And it it was interesting. It was like, oh, maybe there's there's a side to Lissa or something to explore here about what she she really would want to be like, or this rebellious, like party girl thing that she has underlying that makes her friendship with Rose so fun that Rose can bring that out of her, you know? Um, so yeah, that fun girl, rebellious attitude, I think they both have and in different ways, but they both bring it out of each other throughout the season too.
0: And it also carries over into relationships that she builds with other characters. She's not someone who is going to base how she perceives someone on what other people say around her. She has this real inquisitiveness and really wants to get to know people. And Christian's such a great example of that. And so how did you want to shape that side of her where she's always really trying to look beneath the surface of someone and and kind of closes off the voices around her in the meantime?
1: Yeah, definitely. That's exactly who lissa is you know she she's not this like ditzy girl that just follows what she does and is this helpless princess like she is a princess and and she does have these like elegant qualities about her but ultimately like she is a strong woman and she has her opinions and and if she believes in something and and it's it's like this moral compass that she has or this compassion that she has where it literally goes against every fiber in her being to not help someone that she sees is really a good person or to turn her back on someone just because like oh what like other people don't like them but i've gotten to know them and they're actually really special and and have a huge heart and you know so it's like using her that rebellious attitude or or that thing about her to actually include people or to stand beside them and and love them and show them this unconditional compassion, which you definitely will see more of throughout the season too. Um, And I'm excited about
0: that. And did you talk to Julie and Marguerite very much about her family relationship, that dynamic in her upbringing? Because you know, she loses her family right at the beginning of the very first episode of the season. And so you really had to fast track what that was going to look like on screen. And you really only had a couple of moments to capture the family dynamic, but it also serves as a foundation that that you then carry in your performance of what that loss looks like and what it means to her. And so how much was it helpful to, to go into detail of what that family dynamic would have looked like before she lost them?
1: Yeah, I mean, I really just used the clues in the script and um I had an acting teacher once that talked a lot about creating stories in your head that are outside of the page her name was Saxon trainer and she really taught me about like based on what they say about you and 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 your family you know that monologue that rose has about how inclusive we were with her and and in this world where that's unheard of and this is like a family of high regard and that everyone you know really looks up to and the fact that they were so inclusive with her and you know welcomed her with open arms and never questioned anything it really kind of set the tone of what type of family i probably grew up in and um when we had that scene on the lake i i Previously, I had created stories of like, you know, what it looked like when we went on the lake and, you know, did my mom pack sandwiches for each and every one of us and, and did she take the crust off of roses because she knew she doesn't like the crust, you know, just like these details that that kind of add color to the story. So, you know, when when you go through grief, and you go through loss those little details are the things that sting, you know, or the things that like kind of gut you and make you feel like, Oh man, my mom was so like, you remember all of the beautiful things. You, you don't think about the sad moments to make you sad. You know, you think of all that, the, the great ones. And so I know that there, there had been like three months, it says like three months later. So there was like three months of where she was grieving and going through all her mental health stuff that you see more throughout because of the darkness. But I knew that there wasn't going to be too much to talk about with the grief, so I kind of had to create that backstory for myself um, during those three months or in the past when Rose and I were growing up, which was like helpful to be able to bring that on screen.
0: And within that as well, you're, you're then playing her at this point where she's lost her family. She still has Rose, who's family to her, but they're so separated within the Academy at that point as well. And so it's really this very stripped down version of what does this character look like when everybody that is important to her is suddenly separated from her in different ways. Um, and so how did that give you different spaces and different dynamics to find within a character of who is she when she doesn't have someone to confide in immediately by her side?
1: Yeah, definitely. I mean, it, it really is that, you know, all these people get taken away from her and then she has Victor um, and Victor, who's her godfather, is really the one that takes her in during those three months. And um, the person who is kind of trying to, you know, be sensitive to her grief and all of that, but at the same time, kind of nudge her in the right direction, be like, you know, this is a great opportunity for for you to do you know, this great thing for this dominion. And I think just like many things in real life, you know, I feel like life can be so fast paced sometimes. And you're, you, it's almost like life doesn't stop just because you went through this thing. You still have bills to pay, or you still have this job to do, or you still have school to go to, and you still have, to manage with your life and so I think a big part of it is that too is just like she almost doesn't really have time to grieve she almost doesn't even have time to process things or to feel sad that she's not with her best friend and that her brother's not here it's just like go 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 like now you have this royal event and now you have that one and you have to sit at the royal court And and in a lot of ways, we as humans kind of block that out. And we're just like, okay, this is the task at hand, you know, let me kind of put this on the back burner, my grief and my emotional loss and stuff. Um, So I think there's an element of that as well
0: yeah and going back to to what you were talking about earlier in terms of she hasn't necessarily been the person in her family to be in a lot of these spaces and attend a lot of these events and and suddenly there's all of this attention on her that that was previously on her brother and from the moment that she's named as a successor by the queen how did you want to play the different elements of her processing this and kind of understanding it because like you said it's something that she's not completely comfortable with and she's still figuring out and navigating what that means for her in a lot of different ways ways and episode by episode it feels like her relationship with it is very different at times
1: yeah definitely I mean I think that it goes from her feeling like really jaded and really like lost and almost like numb like this numb energy of like I don't even know what's the point of any of this or the point of living or like why am I here I don't care about this and then it becomes like wait a minute maybe this is all for, for a reason and and me having this jaded attitude is like really making matters worse like maybe i'm the only one that can continue my brother's legacy maybe like it is in my hands and and i can't i actually can't let this moment slip me by because one i'm so hurt and i'm so numb from all this stuff that i went through and two because i'm just honestly insecure and and fearful that i can't do it I don't think that I can achieve this. I don't think that I can make a difference, even if I tried. So what's the point? Um, so it's almost like this roller coaster of emotions, of insecurity, of feeling like, you know, she's anything that she's achieved, she had her family with her supporting her, or she had Rose right next to her, sleeping in her dorm with her, supporting her. And now it seems like all of that is taken away. Like, can I can I do that with just me? Like, am I just enough? Um. And and that that later goes on into I can't, I don't even have time to be insecure right now. I can't even afford to not be political. Like I have to do this. There's no choice. So whatever, it is what it is. I guess we're doing this. This is this is what we're doing, you know. So it's it it ends up going through all of that arc until, you know, it might just be taken away from her. She might be able to do it. I don't know, but. Uh, but yeah, it's, it's uh, really interesting.
0: And with all the different aspects that you're, you're describing in her, you know, it's, it's such a fun space in terms of playing a character that in some ways knows who she is very strongly and has a real strong sense of identity, but also is going through so much transition. And so as a result, there are things that kind of pull the rug from beneath her feet. And so where did you feel like she was very cemented in who she is and where did you feel like there was a little bit of fallibility to that with everything that she's going through?
1: yeah that's so interesting too especially playing like a young woman you know it's like this coming of age thing it's like when you're transitioning into womanhood and and you're still kind of a teenager but you're like a young adult and you think you know everything and then you go through things and you're like oh my god i have no idea (laughs) like i don't know anything um so i think it's it's kind of that it's kind of that you know it's like on one hand she knows she has this like strong sense of justice of like oh I know this doesn't feel right I know that this is unfair that you know especially because of the relationships that I hold so close to me with Christian and with Rose and all these people in 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 this dominion so I think that is very cemented in her and it was clearly very cemented in her brother and her parents and her godfather Victor so it's something that she's probably always been around you know but When it comes to her taking leadership, especially when her brother always took that role, I think that's where she's like, oh, this is really scary. I don't know if I can do this. I don't know if it's, and I think a lot of it too is like feeling like you can let people down and like, if all of these people and, and their future depends on me as me being a leader. Like, that's so scary. What if I, what if I can't do it? And, and they suffer for it. You know, I think the, the big thing about Lissa is that even through her privilege and her flaws, because she obviously is flawed, she always has this like compassion and this desire to do the right thing or to help people. And, and her fear a lot of times does come from not being able to fulfill that for others.
0: And like you said, she's so compassionate towards other people, but there are kind of natural blind spots that come from the fact that she's grown up in a world where there's a bubble of protectiveness around her. And, you know, even as as the series progresses, there's moments where situations present where there's danger at hand and, and everyone's instinct is to get her out of the way and to kind of shield her from it still. And so did you find that the scripts naturally gave you those elements of where are the things that she's just not as astutely aware of as someone like Rose, who has a lot of street smarts because of the situations that she's been thrown into
1: yeah definitely I mean I think also even just playing Lissa I had that fear of like oh my god I just don't want to come across as like this helpless princess that never does anything you know that it's like oh she's so sweet she's so compassionate but then when things happen she's just like oh oh well you know I guess I'm gonna go wait in the car guys like have fun you know um I really didn't want that to be the case. But at the end of the day, that is kind of the way it is in this world. Like, you know, Maroy come first. That's what the Dom Piers have always been trained to believe. And so they're always going to get a royal princess to safety first. But um, I think as the show progresses, Lyssa ends up finding a power within herself that actually could help and actually is a way to fight, even though she can't physically put herself in in harm's way because you know Rose would kill her and every, that just wouldn't happen there are other ways that she can you know fight and that she can use her powers and her unique skills to protect Rose or protect others and and she does make it a point to be like it's not fair that you guys always protect me and and I never do anything like this is my way of protecting which I'm I'm curious to see what people think about it because at times it it might have been an unusual way to protect Rose or protect those around her.
0: And with that friendship dynamic as well, what's so great is, especially as the series progresses, I feel like there's so many moments that allow for just the silence of friendship and even just like, the way that they physically are around each other as friends because they feel so comfortable and so close. In, and I'm sure that there was a tangent in in developing that together alongside your characters because you were you were filming the first season, I think, over the course of about eight months. Um, And so how did you f- find that those elements and all the unspoken dialogue that there is between this friendship? Was that something that just built very naturally over time for the two of you?
1: Yeah, I think that definitely built very naturally. There's like Um, There was this one day that um, I guess, you know, Cece was having like a a rough day that day, but she didn't really say anything to anyone. And she just kind of had a straight face and didn't really look sad necessarily, maybe look like maybe something she was like angry or maybe something was wrong um but I just and something just clicked in me and I just knew and it might have just it's just like the natural thing of like when you've been working with someone for a while and you see them every single day and you talk to them and you observe them and I just something within me clicked and I was like oh no she just needs like a hug like she she's sad right now she just needs a hug and I didn't say a word to her I literally just walked up to her and like like hugged her really hard and she just started sobbing and she was like oh my god like how did you know i needed a hug like you know and it was like a really like sweet moment and then parallel to that in the script in episode nine there's a scene where Lisa says she just says rose and is like about to say a sentence and she interrupts her and just says i know and and they'd say nothing else and they just hug and so it's like, you know, it's that it's how it ends up mirroring and reflecting real life and how when you are playing this character for so long and and being in this world, it kind of the lines are a little blurred. And and there's like a gray area of like Lyssa and Rose and Cece and Danny. And um, and yeah, I mean, I just think it's it's a beautiful thing to feel as actors and and, you know, in the story as well. like. Female friendships are so special and they're so like sacred to being a woman and, and being a young woman and going through these transitions with your best friend that's also going through her own. Um, and it's just a beautiful thing that, that we get to explore in our show.
0: Absolutely. You know, you're bringing up there as well, the fact that you got to spend so much time with this character and so much time in this world. And, and within that, what did you find with some of the the spaces that this character in the show allowed you, you to kind of open up for yourself as a performer that, that previous roles and previous projects maybe hadn't allowed you to step into?
1: Well, I mean, the whole idea of like grief and loss and, you know, that, that leading into feeling empowered and not letting yourself become a victim of things that you've gone through, and just you know, accepting things as they are and trying to put your best foot forward. Um, I think that was like a really Lissa in general is not a character that I feel very comfortable playing, and it's not really like my comfort zone in, in terms of acting. And I think that's why I felt really drawn to play that character because it was just such a challenge um I have no idea how to come across as a princess or how to you know be in this royal world I I, I just thought it was such a challenge to be in this fantasy world and playing that princess and I I had a moment in the tra- in a trailer one time where I was dressed in like my whole Lissa outfit but I My mind was like somewhere else. I was going through something personal and I was so sad and I had to go shoot. And I was like, oh, damn, like I really got to pull it together because I have to go on set and, you know, do this thing. And I was kind of like almost like feeling like a victim in that moment, like kind of feeling like bad for myself. And I just naturally there's so many mirrors in the trailer. And I looked in the mirror and it was like this weird out of body experience where i I I I was being myself in my head and thinking about Danny's problems. But when I looked in the mirror, I just saw Lissa. And it kind of felt like I had Lissa there with me, like if she was like a twin sister or something, like giving me a hug or crying with me in the mirror when it was like really just me. But it it kind of shook me out of it and it made me feel like, oh my God, like I know she's a fictional character, but if Lissa like her whole family died like and she's like pulling it together every single day going to the royal court and like in the scenes that you don't see or in the moments you don't see she was probably crying in the bathroom and sucking up the tears and being like okay come on we gotta go to this royal event now you can't say no to it you have to go and put on a smile you know and if she could do that like I can pull this together like I'm fine like my whole family's not dead, you know? Um, so I think it's it's playing that character for so long, as you said, and, and blurring those lines of like who Lissa is and who Danny is. And I would always hear actors say like, oh, playing this character, like this character helped me or saved my life. Or, and I never really understood that until I played Lissa.
0: That's amazing. And I love that that's the relationship dynamic that ended up existing. (laughs) Can't wait to watch where the rest of the first season takes us all. Thank you so much for talking about it. Thank
1: you so much.